Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the number one podcast on the video game developers lifestyle and on video game development. I am one half of the amazing podcast team of the Game Dev Unchained podcast. Hooray, clap, cheer. What? I don't hear any clapping. <laughs> anyway, the other half of this amazing team is none only than the internet infamous Mr. Brandon Fam. Yes, some might say the more amazing half of this team is here. <laughs> Brandon Fam, hey, what's up, everybody? Today, uh, like any other podcast, the star of the show will just be the star of the show. It's just Larry and I today talking about this topic. If you read the title, you know that we're going to talk about layoffs. So this is a topic yes. that we actually wanted to cover before you know the new year. But uh, uh, we're covering it now mostly just to make sure it's a sensitive time. Because mostly layoffs happen during the holidays, right? I think it was appropriate to at least address some issues. Some of you guys hopefully are employed and are listening to this and you are okay. But, you know, just in case if it ever happens to you, because it will happen, uh, you guys are a little bit more prepared. And hopefully you can get kind of nice lessons learned from us. You know, I think both of us have been laid off before. So, uh, (laughs) This is just helpful for everyone and to kind of just walk down that lane and remind myself what's up. Yeah. And so for the people who are, you know, unfortunately in between jobs, as we like to say in the game industry right now, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to this entire episode because we're going to give the tips and advice, things that you you should, shouldn't do and things that you probably didn't even know about that could help you in between your last job and your next job. So let's get right into it with a little bit of story first, and then we'll talk about the tips and advice and strategies. Brandon, do you remember the first time you got laid off? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the first time I got laid off was at Spark, and it was my first and only time, hopefully. Uh, well, let's that. just say up until now, right? I'm good. Up until <laughs> now. Uh, so the first time I got laid off, I've heard stories before. It's happened to many of my friends. And when I was at Spark, I would say I was about nine months in and we were in the project and I wasn't completely absent-minded, right? But even with that, that's the thing with layoffs. Even if you expect it, you see the signs, you're so comfortable in a way where you don't want to believe it. So you kind of suspend beliefs of uh, what's going to happen. So it was one of those things like, yeah, like three months ago, I remember saying to my friend or colleague that was working there and saying, you know, I'm seeing signs. We got to be careful. I think this might happen in a couple of months, you know, I'm giving him advice, right? Uh, as well as myself, like these are things we need to, you know, watch out for. And I think it's already happening. So even with saying that, three months later, when I get like this random email and longtime listeners have heard the story in some capacity, but this, you know, it's worth kind of mentioning again. I get this email from HR, right? And this is a lady I haven't spoken to since like the beginning of working at Spark. <laughs> so it is, to me, was a red flag and I, I kind of knew what was happening uh she said like hey uh, can i talk to you at lunch that never happens right anyone who wants to talk to you at lunch that isn't your friend is never a good thing uh so uh, with that I, I was completely down uh from the from the very beginning uh i even turned around to the people all my colleagues that sat next to me and like hey guys i i think this well i think i i talked to you first larry yeah because we were working together, he's like, Larry, I think I'm getting laid off. So, I mean, good luck. Uh, he's like, what? And then, you know, I, I told everyone around me, he's like, hey, I don't think I'm, I'll see you guys after lunch. So, I think this is happening. I'm like, what? 
So anyways, she came over. I walked into the office and no, I already saw my lead there standing. I was like, all right, this confirms everything. Yeah. Uh, and it was excruciating, man. It was, it, it's a tough thing. I mean, of course, rightfully so. I was a bit angry, right? Um, being blindsided, right? Uh, because all I had was this, you know, right then and there. Uh, it's not like they kicked me out. You know, in some cases where it's really bad, I've heard stories where security guards would have to come in and walk you out like a criminal, right? You came in that morning as an employee, but you walk out as a criminal because suddenly, I guess, people would react. In right, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. yeah, that's it's just terrible. It's a terrible circumstance for both parties, basically. So we went through the thing of what it is. I'm like just thinking about how am I going to tell my wife? How am I going to like? react to this how am i i'm already thinking about what's next uh panic mode sort of uh and then that that you know was probably the worst moment of my life uh, not just that but like the aftermath of it. it even when i was prepared i wasn't prepared and even when i thought you know i'm good uh it took a while it took a while to recover for something like that emotionally mentally and uh it's tough. What's worse is that when it happens around the holidays, thankfully mine was around August, so I had some time. But even then, like I was able to land like a contract job like the Monday after. So I looked out uh, and, and that lasted me to, to my next job immediately. But even, even when it happens in the holidays, when it happens in the holidays, it's the worst time because no one's looking. No one's hiring. Uh, you're pretty much there in your 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 house, your apartment, or whatever. Just just stuck. Like you really can't do anything, and uh, this is your one time to take a break. And you're just sitting there, just just trying to rush the process. But at the same time, you need that time to like think things over. But it, it's just a weird place to be. So um, yeah, that was my experience. It's terrible. Uh, it really does happen a lot uh, to my friends, to ourselves here. And uh, I, I wish the best for everyone that's uh, going through it right now. Uh, just be careful and learn from our mistake if it hasn't happened to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this, this episode is dedicated to you guys for sure. It's Larry. <laughs> uh, man, I was uh, a lot more green to the ways and whys of the game industry right out of college. I was working at Obsidian Entertainment on Aliens, the Crucible. I think I can say that now. It was a, a canceled project through Sega at the time. Uh, the Aliens franchise, like the HR Geiger, you know, like Ripley, Aliens, all that. So it was cool because I'm like, yeah, right out of college, I'm producing on a AAA game. This is going to make my career. When it comes out, like I'm already at the top, right? You know, this is what you're thinking as a, what was I, 21 right out of college. And uh, no, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. You know, the game industry had other plans. So our project got canceled. And, you know, unfortunately, Obsidian had to let go of, uh, you know, a group of individuals. And I was in the group. I made the cut Mm -hmm. because I was awesome like that. And uh, I guess what hurts about a layoff is, one, you an opportunity to prepare yourself for what's coming, right? And so I'm not going to say that, like, it's the right thing to do to tell people ahead of time that you will lay them off by a certain date or to just rip the Band-Aid, 
either way, some studios do one way, some studios do the other. There's pluses and minuses to both ways. The way that happened to me was I found out, like I was literally running a meeting and my, I remember my executive producer came in. He was like, Larry, Hey, um, you know, we need you for a minute. And I'm thinking, you know, everything's honky dory. I'm like, Hey, you know, not right now. This yeah. is a very important meeting. Yeah. And he was like, no, seriously, we need you. And I was like, no, seriously, this is an important meeting. It's yeah. for the project. <laughs> I don't want to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I'll never forget the guy's face, how he's and this a mentor of mine and i i don't know if i shouldn't respect his privacy but i remember his face when he like had to like there was a sinking feeling in his face and then he said larry it's about the sega decision so i'm a producer i'm in all the meetings that the producers are in there's no such thing as quote unquote the sega decision mm. so i'm like oh damn i was like this sounds like very serious that there's something that i am not seeing i'm not putting it all together walk into the room there's a bunch of people already there and then the ceo kind of has his list and he's like looking around the room to then look on the list and then like make sure that everyone's there so he only has to do the speech once mm. you know what i mean mm. and uh you know he's he's like hey look this is the reality of how things go and unfortunately like this is these are the people who our company needs to move forward without mm. you know no hard feelings we loved having you guys here it just you know yada yada and i don't mean that disrespectfully i'm just saying obviously it wasn't good news yeah and so at the time i was like well there goes my first salary job and now i have all these salary job requirements that i have to pay for like rent car payment school loan mm -hmm. you know uh food like i'm out here by myself and now i'm like WTF, what do I do? I don't even, so I remember being an asshole. They were like, are there any questions? And the first thing I said, yeah, are you guys hiring? <laughs> you know, like, like everyone in the room laughed, but it, like I was, uh, I tried to lighten the mood on my way out just because yeah. I never, you know, but let me tell you that next day was like a harsh reality because half of the day I was happy. Like, Hey, I don't have to work today. Mm -hmm. But the other half is like, Larry, but you know, you knew how long it took you to get the need to spend as in the bare minimum. I can't even last the same amount of time that it took me to get this job. So therefore I have to find a job either faster than that or screwed, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was my, that was good old obsidian. Yeah. Like, That's how it went down. I mean, what's, what I want to illustrate is that that moment when they finally tell you, right. I mean, you mm -hmm. constantly go into shelter mode uh, and it, and you're thinking about like, well, how do I pay for this? How, how can I cut this? How, you know, and uh, you, you kind of tune out right for the rest of the meeting. But what's, what's, what's important is like what they're saying right now, especially when yeah. you're sitting there with HR, like documents, you yeah. know, what, this is when your health insurance is going to get cut off. Yeah. Uh, these are the amount of, uh, this is the amount of money that you're going to be paid. Uh, you get two weeks plus two weeks of PTO. It's like very important documentation that needs to be heard and, and uh like just uh yeah swallow basically yeah. and and you're it's it sucks because you're like reacting the way you should be right but then there's just like all right here's the second okay next thing you gotta these are very important things you gotta remember so uh so you're not out there begging for food uh but yeah like the same way that you kind of zone out yeah. thinking about things um the, the, that's the first thing you got to pay attention to is like, yeah, it's going to suck, but just remember that it, it's kind of important to listen to HR about 
type of paperwork you need to to file mm-hmm. for unemployment, mm-hmm. especially if it's your first time. Uh, there's a time limit, as in uh, if you don't file it, you you might wait around for like three weeks longer without payment of it, any sort. So um, my first thing is like, yeah, it's fine to go in panic mode, but uh, listen very carefully about what they're about to say because it's it's yeah. pertaining to you and it is you and and money <laughs> so yeah and keep in mind that while you're still in the building you still have an open line of communication with hr yeah uh you become lowest if not next to lowest priority when you leave yeah. like maybe they'll be answering emails and stuff for like a window period but obviously they still have their own responsibilities internally yeah so if you were at the meeting and they knew that they said when unemployment starts how you should apply what you should get who qualifies who does like all that important stuff, you know, like you don't want to be that person yeah, because that person, yeah. yeah, you, when the days tick by and your bills aren't being paid, like it hurts when you need someone else to do something for you, especially if you know that they've already done it and you weren't paying attention or something like that. So that's a good tip, Brandon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you felt this way, Larry, but like after I got laid off, even though I said my goodbyes to, to my coworkers, Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were completely cool as in like, Hey, you're not complete. You're not going to be kicked out or anything. You can still hang around and, and talk to people. But I was just, I was so embarrassed. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't be because it wasn't my fault. It mm-hmm. was just cutbacks. And, but I was just embarrassed. I just want to get out of there, run out of the building. Like wasn't able to look anyone in the face. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, uh, it sucks because some of those guys I haven't seen in person for a long time. I mean, we keep in contact, of course, but like, uh, I don't know if you have the ability to say, even, even though you kind of sense it, like I did and it's sort of say goodbye. It was, it would have been nice if I walked around and just say, Hey, you know, it's been fun because mm-hmm. these guys, uh, if anything are your contacts. You know, these guys are the ones that's like, hey, yeah. I, it sucks. I, I see you. You know, let me hit my friend up over at this company. I think they might be yeah. looking. Like, it's it's much better to do that right then and there, sort of, right? It's like, dude, I need a job right now. Do you know anyone? Uh, but uh, they might bring it up themselves. You, you don't want to just go ask everyone. It's like, do you know anyone that's hiring? <laughs> it's kind of desperate. Yeah. But they might suggest uh, something directly, right? It's it's much better than a LinkedIn that they can ignore or, or, or whatever. So, yeah. So how about maybe we talk about some tips and advice, or if not, I'm just going to jump into it. One of the first things that I remember doing at, uh, after losing my job at Obsidian is you kind of know who's on your side or who had a favorable opinion of you or who had influencing opinion of you. And by influencing opinion, I mean, somebody that's respected, who, if you ask them like, Hey, you know, like if you enjoyed working with me or you thought that my experience here led to, you know, prosperity for the company in any way, uh, I would appreciate if you would take, you know, just 15 minutes of your time to just write any sort of recommendation, if you would recommend me. Right. Cause that write me a recommendation as, cause they might not have wanted to. Right. I take the pressure away from them. I just say, Hey, you know, if you would recommend me, would you please go on LinkedIn and write a recommendation? Right. Because that will help me as other companies want to interview or want to, you know, see me, they'll see like, Oh, look at these favorable opinions from these respected game developers, right? Mm-hmm. Let's give them a call. So even now I still believe in LinkedIn recommendations. I just, 
personally have developed to a point in my career where I actually am not as active about seeking them. Yeah. But I, I would still like if I was interviewing somebody, the first thing I do is go to LinkedIn and see what people have to say about them. Yeah. So while you're in your last couple of moments at whatever job you may have may be losing in the future, or if you've already lost, please reach out to people who work there that you do know, but take a couple minutes of your time and write a LinkedIn recommendation for me because it will help me in the future. And I promise you it does. Yeah. Like it totally makes sense. Um, you know, you don't know what the conditions are. You might have some preconceived notions of someone being laid off, but everyone kind of understands industry lay- layoffs happen a lot to the point where it's like, or, you know, it's not really a, because of the individual, but uh, it, it does help. Like uh, if I were to interview someone, I always go on their LinkedIn in some capacity and look at the recommendations, look at where they worked at. And it does help form an opinion uh, ahead of time of what I should expect. So, uh, yeah, I actually prefer it over the whole phone reference stuff. It's so weird that they still do that. Some companies still do that. It's mm. like, hey, oh, here's my best friend slash lead. Like, you can say anything. I like it. <laughs> There's no qualification check <laughs> in those things. So, at least with the recommendation, you can actually see a LinkedIn profile yeah. uh, with a real resume and where they work. So, yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that going walking around telling people like, hey, you know, do you mind? Uh, it, it really helped me out. Uh, I think a lot of people would be good for that. So, uh, yeah, immediately you're always going to think of finance, right? The next thing I want to bring up is that um, you're sitting there with HR. They're explaining to you how much you're going to get paid. What's your payout? Basically, you have two weeks or four weeks and then there's no money coming in, right? You got to time uh, your unemployment. And so the paperwork about that is probably the most important one <laughs> out of everything. Uh, the mm-hmm. time limit, the cutoff dates, when you have to file. Uh, when I did it, they made it somewhat simple. I mean, there's a e-tronic electronic type of payment or, or sign up and stuff, but they're very specific on the days you have to register every two weeks. So it's not like an automatic thing. You sign up once and then it just happens every two weeks. You have to check in and say, Hey, I'm still unemployed or else you'll miss that paycheck. It's like, try going two weeks without money. (laughs) So that's your number one thing that you got to take care of right away. And the un- unemployment pay periods are, it's not like first and 15th, right? Mm-hmm. And so you may have bill timing that you're worried about and your unemployment checks will be like, oh, well, the third and the eighth and the one after that between the 20th and the 27th or something like that. Or, yeah. you know, I'm just throwing these numbers out there. But I remember when I was getting unemployment checks that I was like, man, the consistency of these checks is not consistent. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> like your your bills are always on time and these checks uh, yes. are not. So, yeah, the second thing after the unemployment and you signing up for that is like, look at your bills dude like anything mm-hmm. that you can get rid of cancel that netflix cancel yep. that spotify get rid of all, 24 all. Hour fitness yeah just extracurricular stuff just cut that off if you can and just mm-hmm. work with the minimum because it's basically food and and rent i mean yeah that's what you need to really take care of yep. um because it runs out fast if you don't for sure i i mean 
I can't recall the things that I had that I would have said were uh, my expenditures that were frivolous or non-essential, but I know for sure, as soon as I got that first unemployment check, yeah, those things were cut within minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's not, it's that not much. a game. <laughs> it's like what, yeah. $400 max or something for every two weeks or something. It's really low. Like, but it's just barely enough for you to just eat and, and pay some bills. Um, so go through your monthly bills, cut out the unnecessary stuff. Uh, and then after that, you know, part of the HR process is the health insurance stuff. Mm -hmm. So the health insurance stuff is basically saying this is the company's health insurance. It usually ends at the end of the month. So there's a reason why they time these right to a certain time and they kind of do it like a week before the end of the month just to be somewhat humane but uh yeah sometimes it's just a week or two before you have your health insurance out and uh something called cobra kicks in and cobra is a <laughs> bitch like i looked at the price like what are you talking about <laughs> this is yeah. more than my unemployment check how is this possible you know i guess i can't like take any risk walking outside <laughs> without an anvil falling on my head you know it's like really ridiculous so and not to get political but the uh, affordable care act is uh sounds like it's on the way out as well yeah so so you have really little options tough luck there tough luck um but like i've read and had friends actually do some research like uh something like blue shield and blue cross somewhat having the same coverage as they used to and it's like half the price of cobra so like take your time to mm -hmm. research an alternative just because they have cobra on there as in like hey if you're when your health insurance runs out go to cobra doesn't mean it's the best choice it's just you know a government backed type of thing i'm I, I know you just mentioned Affordable Care Act. It's completely different. I don't even think it's a government thing. It's probably private. Uh, let's look that up sometimes. But from what I can tell, there are options basically that you need to look at before you decide. Mm -hmm. So health insurance, if it's very important, especially if you're a family man or family woman, uh, <laughs> you need to take care of that right away. Yeah. But I will say, because we did talk about cutting the you know, non-essential, you still kind of want to have some sort of quality of life in your layoff period. Now, I know the first thing I should say is like work on your portfolio or work on your, you know, demo reel and getting X, Y, and Z. But I will say one of the tips helped me at least keep sanity and peace of mind was I became best friends with my old games again, mm -hmm. right? Like, I said, well, I'm not going to spend money going to the movies. I'm not going to spend money going to sports games. I'm not going to spend money going out to eat or go to the bar. Like, I'm going to keep it as low as I possibly can. But I have all these games that were once, you know, $60 games, even though they might be only worth two, three, four, five dollars right now. I know I'm not the only one out there who probably has more games than they've played that they own. Yeah. So I took two hours a day to just give myself a mental break for annoyance of like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do to just stay at home and actually have two hours of regular normal life? One of the best parts, because it can be very depressing, you know, going through an unemployment period, seeing your friends on that old project that you were supposed to be on and it's carrying forward without you. You know, like it's it's hard to sit there and understand that, like, you need to find a new place to work and soon. But 
I still say, even with all the stress, take some time to just do something that you can do to enjoy your day that is not an expense. So what I did was I played old video games or games that I just owned and hadn't beaten yet. And they're still full value if that's the case, you know? So that helped a lot. Yeah. I I'll, I'll co-sign with that for sure. Like your mental stress can really hurt your chances for any future opportunities. You're running a marathon essentially like the idea of uh, getting your next job it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, a minute feels like an hour, an hour feels like a day. And the process, and a lot of people forget when they have a job and they're looking for a job, that it, it really is a process. It takes two to three months for you to, even when you have the, the interview at the very beginning, it, it can take two to three months based on, you know, when they can actually bring you in. So if you're going home or you're already thinking about your working on your portfolio and you're just like banging your head against the, the computer doing that uh like a sprint you will run out of fuel uh, as soon as you get some rejection letters like so that's adding on top of the the problems you just had being laid off mm-hmm. uh, and you didn't properly deal with those feelings and the state of shock basically and then jumping into the field again and, and, and working on your portfolio, rolling your sleeve, thinking it's the, you know, maybe logical thing to do is like, I don't have a job. Let's fix that and mm-hmm. get going. Right. But uh, when things don't go your way, all of a sudden it can really demotivate you, make you very depressed. So walk outside, play some games, do some cheap, fun stuff to mm-hmm. have that positive attitude because that rubs off uh, in your cover letters, uh, in your application, right? Uh, people don't like desperate. Mm-hmm. So even if you are desperate, you can't show that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it only helps you to uh, appear wanted in every way. It's like, yeah, I got laid off, but I'm talking to these guys, you know. I'm I value yeah. right. Don't take advantage yeah. of me. I know what what I'm worth, even in this state of mind. So, moving forward, right? Yeah. Nobody wants free trash, so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how or available you are. If you come off as no value, then I hate to say it, but you'll be just this. You'll treated. You'll be treated just the same as someone offering free trash. Yeah. So. Well, Next, speaking, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, speaking of free trash, though, and I think you're about to jump on this food costs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. seek out those friends, those families that you can crash, uh, to help you out with this because obviously mm-hmm. you shouldn't be fine dining anymore, right? You should be doing your best to eat the essentials to keep yourself healthy, but you know, hanging out with family, especially, you know, having dinners together would really help you out. Uh, it's more fun and, uh, being around company that cares about you and help you through this tough time. And they totally understand, right? Uh, don't try the scavenger out there and yeah. <laughs> find food and scraps. And so you got people out here that will help you out. Uh, I think resource wise, you should uh, take advantage of that. So this will be a fun share for the audience. Um, that first layoff that I had, I mean, it was pretty bad getting through that period for me, like financially, because I was out here by myself. I'm not going to get into the details, mm-hmm. but I will say I did have a layoff meal. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the one 
thing for eating over and over and over during that time was I went to the grocery store and I bought those like 23 cent. So not the cup of noodles that are in like a cube, but like the square, the square. Uh, Yeah. Like, like top ramen or whatever. And you could buy like five for a dollar, you know, I would buy like $10 worth of that stuff. Yeah. And I would eat it with tapatio. So it was ramen, the sodium pack and tapatio. And that was like lunch and dinner for, I don't know how many months straight. (laughs) I can't repeat that again because I'm sure my sodium intake was just through the roof. Yeah. But like, I know for sure that that being able to spend $20 and eat so long, like I wasn't getting my nutrients, wasn't getting my macros, wasn't, it wasn't very healthy, but it was at the point where decisions. And so the meal that got me through that time period was top ramen, tapatio, and it was shrimp and chicken flavors. I only got those two, never beef. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) My layoff food was potatoes. Oh, yeah. I remember Potatoes this. actually like a pretty good nutrient type of uh, food that kind of covers a lot of your bases. Uh, it's like a super vegetable, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's terrible, right? Yeah. It's like it's like me and my family on potatoes. <laughs> so, but what bad. I will say, yeah. I have a new strategy though for everyone out there who, so let's say you do get laid off and you're not at the, like, I need to eat top ramen for months level. What you could do to kind of keep your quality of life, but for significantly less money is go to Groupon right away and start snatching up the deals, right? Like, Hey, instead of spending a hundred dollars at our restaurant, buy this $25 coupon and we'll give you, you know, X additional money towards this. Or, you know, if you're, if you had things that you enjoyed as luxuries, like massages or, you know, or even healthcare, like I got a dental appointment through Groupon for 49 bucks, full mm-hmm. teeth cleaning, x-ray, everything, because they wanted my business as a new customer. I just didn't want to miss my annual dentist appointment and I couldn't afford it anymore. Mm-hmm. 50 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Groupon is essential for cheap ways to kind of stay afloat during periods where money is just very tight. Yeah. I took it. I would take full advantage of Groupon's dining, entertainment, and, you know, even healthcare opportunities. So that's yeah. a tip that I bet you a lot of people wouldn't think of. Yeah. I mean, Costco falls along in yeah. that line, like buying things in bulk, going build grills with vacuum uh, sealing machines, you know, just storing. If you do fi- buy fish or your proteins and stuff, like just being diligent about, you know, making that last as much as possible. Because in the end, you do save more by buying a lot of food and making mm-hmm. less trips to the groceries, right? Uh, having to pay, just buy potatoes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> At least with Costco, you're a respectable gentleman. <laughs> you're buying food like everyone else in bulk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that might be your meal for the next four months. But still, it's like... It's a lot cheaper uh, and uh, you can get away with a lot more. So buying in bulk, uh, rationing them out, uh, making sure they last as long as possible is actually a pretty good way to keep food costs uh, stable. Yes. All right, guys. So let's switch gears a little. Let's uh, I don't want to talk about the dread. I want to talk about the opportunities and the things that can help you get out of the situation, not necessarily cope with it. So 
I want to bring up a couple of websites that I'm sure Brandon you use these sites as well. But when I hit a layoff period or a time between jobs, the very first thing that I would do is I'm going to start scouring these sites that I'm about to recommend. The first one is creativeheads.net. Creative Heads has been around for, I mean, as long as I believe I've been in the game industry, it was one of the first sites I heard about where they basically send out a newsletter style email with all the job postings in your field and industry. And I've been using it for game development, right? So like VFX, I'm sure they do it too, like, cause it's creative jobs, mm-hmm. but you know, every day this company's hiring senior designer, you may not fit that, but oh, Larry, this company is hiring a junior designer, right? Those are job feeds that are coming to you. So that's the first site that I always make sure that I'm up to date on. Second was Gamasutra. Uh, a lot of people may not think of Gamasutra as a great place to find jobs, but there's two things that I liked about Gamasutra. One is on the very front site, you have like on the little corner, the like, hey, these four or five companies are looking for people, you know? And you can scroll through and see, you know, all the postings they have up there. But two, Gamasutra always did a very good job, in my opinion, of like the game ministry career guide and the, the like student stuff for getting jobs or just sometimes it helps to go back and reread some of that stuff. But early in my career, it was essential. So Gamas- Gamasutra was the second thing. Third is LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn cast about recommendations, but LinkedIn is fantastic for finding jobs. Every company is posting their jobs on LinkedIn. You have access to all the recruiters for all the companies. You can see which companies, you know, are offering jobs. You can follow all the companies you potentially want to work for. And that's one of the indicators of when I know be thinking they're losing their job or looking for a new job is all of a sudden I start following a bunch of companies. Yeah. You know, you find opportunities. Yeah. Uh, just to add to that list, like ArtStation is great for artists. Uh, it's becoming pretty good hotspots for companies or recruiters to post jobs there. It's just a very well-maintained community. It's huge. Uh, so a lot of people, a lot of artists, great artists go there and recruiters know that. So uh, I would add ArtStation to that. But like also like these sites, yeah, you should be a subscribed. You should be signed up to the newsletter. You should know and check it every day for new jobs that are posted. But if you are somewhat of a guy who's been in the industry for a while, right? And new students too, you would be surprised of your network, your own yeah. personal network of uh, guys. I need a job, you know, yeah. uh, anyone looking any of your companies uh, around to to do the any job postings mm-hmm. or whatsoever they might even give you insight on things that they haven't even posted yet so mm-hmm. it's always good to be on the pulse with your friends as in uh, hey i need a job uh, anybody can help me out and you'll be surprised uh or you shouldn't be surprised that if you're not an asshole, right, you shouldn't be surprised that uh, some people will like, hey, we're actually, we actually need someone like you right now. So yeah. don't forget that very nice lifeline uh, that people kind of look over sometimes. Yeah, doing the friend round is uh, it's a requirement these days because for two reasons. One, if you just do the online portal, like, hey, I'm going to go to blizzard.com and go to the apply here and how many people do you think are in front of you in line when you do it that way? Right. Like I'm sure for every blizzard job, there's probably a hundred resumes waiting by the time that you've done it. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But imagine if it's like, oh, wait, my buddy who I'm really good friends with works at Blizzard. Maybe I can give them my resume directly. Now, no friend that works at a company is going to make you a promise like, yes, I'm going to get you an interview, right? They will say, I will try. And they have a lot more pull over that being successful or not, right? Like many times people have been like, hey, Larry, can you give your resume to X, Y, and Z? And I'll look over and I'll say, if they were worth it, I'd be like, yeah, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. But I would actually go and say like, hey, you know, my buddy is actually looking for a job and I know that we're hiring this kind of systems designer and I think he's a really great systems designer. Why don't you check out his resume, right? A couple of times those people were like, yeah, they were put to the front of the list. Mm-hmm. And if, I hate that it's like that in some cases, but it just is, you know, yeah. that's just the reality. Yeah. You got to think from a recruiter, it's so much easier. You're making their job so much easier at the same time. Uh, even if your friend hasn't gone through the interview process, you, you already checked them out. Like they, they, you did half the work already. This guy's cool. I work with him. He's my friend. So I was like, all right, so we mm-hmm. don't have to, you know, phone him in or fly him in and find out that he's like this crazy maniac or sociopath. Right. They have some guarantee that he's a stable working uh, person in the industry. And so all this definitely helps recommendation through a friend is the number way of getting a job. Um, we should kind of go over like, I guess in our personal way of, uh, you know, after layoff, after talking to HR, going through the shock, sitting there and then, you know, trying to make sense of things and finally applying, which is where we are right now. And so once you apply, at least in my experience, I was lucky enough to where someone in the company uh, knew what was happening, immediately reached out like the Monday or not the, the Saturday after and say, hey, I actually have a friend who's a lead over at uh, Digital Main, right? Digital Main was the, the, the place that I worked up after. It's like, hey, they're looking for someone exactly like you right now. For me, I never did contracting, right? To me, I just felt like, oh, full-time or nothing, really? As in, I, I, I need health insurance. I need to be stable, right? Uh, luckily, you know, when I talk, like, <laughs> it's so funny. So the digital domain guys called me uh, and they say, hey, you should come in. Or we're looking. I was like, all right, I, I got to try this out. I came in, we talked, and like, oh, they liked me. And then they mentioned that, you know, this is a contract thing because most visual effects studios, they're all contract, first of all. Mm-hmm. They, they rarely high full-timers. And if they do, those guys are like superstars uh, and very rare. So uh, they tell me contracts like, oh, dude, I'm so past contract. Like contract was like my first job in the industry. I, I need a full-time job. And I, I immediately say, no, I'm, I'm kind of looking for something more permanent right now. Like, dude, what... <laughs> you're laid off you don't know what like this is my first time right i had no idea how long it would take um if i were to say from the day i laid i got laid off to the day i got tired full-time with benefits again it was like three four months and Mm -hmm. this is a common response so thankfully that guy was nice enough to educate me uh, and, <laughs> and walk me through like, dude, you have no choice right now. You know that, right? Uh, yeah. Why don't you just take this job and you can keep looking? Like, it's not, it's not as if you're stuck here or anything. Like you can still do what you're doing, but you get paid. Right. It's like, dude, this totally makes sense. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't think it like that. 
Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll take the job. And I started the Monday after I got laid off. So I, I got laid off Friday. Uh, Saturday, I, I uh, <clears throat> or Friday, I got the email from my friend, right? Uh, and then Saturday, I kind of, Digital Domain was kind of open on Monday, I think. Saturday, I got the call from Digital Domain, an email saying like, hey, come in Monday and we'll talk. And then Monday came in, that happened, and they say, hey, sh- show up the next day and we can start working. So it was literally a weekend of turmoil. I'm not saying that, you know, I was at ease. I was still in, like, panic. I got to find something full time. Mm-hmm. My family or me get, you know, we get hurt in any way. No health insurance, this and that. So my word of advice is beggars can't be uh, choosers. Like, mm-hmm. you need to, uh, you need to make sure your foundation is strong in some way. So if it's a job that even ideally you didn't want in the first place, it's a paying job. You got to take it because uh, you can't guarantee how long anyone else is going to be taking their time looking at you. They can be interested from the get go, but it takes, it can't take three to four months before they bring you on. There's there's a lot of wheels turning so you can't guarantee that so that was my experience as far as like getting back on my feet in some so i want to transition into talking about the in-between time so let's just assume that you losing your job and getting your next job period or wait or do something Mm -hmm. so some constructive ways that will help you during this time is I found other jobs, right? Like I knowing full well that I was a game developer, I took a job as a car salesman, would go home, work on portfolio stuff, look on LinkedIn, send out resumes. But during the day I had to make some kind of money. So I was selling cars mm-hmm. and eventually I didn't need to do that anymore. Yeah. And I have car sales experience <laughs> that might help me down the road as I sell products or as I sell games. Uh, but you know, you have to, like you said, covering the foundation. So don't be too proud if you're in a tough spot. Like if you save well, if you have a, uh, what do you call it, nest egg or like a, a cushion of money or and resources to kind of get you through, that's fine. I wish you well. Not all of our listeners, though, don't, you know, or do. So understand that like you might have to go and bust tables, serve people, be a bartender, some sort of like cash everyday gig you know, to just to tide you over until you can then go back and do what you used to do. And don't be ashamed if that's what you have to do, because you're, you have to cover your responsibilities or like what die, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you don't want that. Yeah. Your <laughs> mental health and your motivation is so important during this process. You got to keep yeah. that in check. Like as in, uh, you got to make sure that you're, you're able to make decisions and you're mm. able to, uh, make the next move without you panicking being desperate Mm -hmm. right and the moment they tell you that you're laid off uh the longer you take to find something you get more and more desperate i mean the Mm -hmm. things happen and so if you are too proud right to a point where you can't pay your bills unemployment's too low right and you don't want to take on any job except for industry jobs Mm -hmm. uh reevaluate your situation like you got to make sure that you if you do get an opportunity at the tail end of this right let's say three four months pass and you finally get an interview right and you haven't taken a job since you got laid off 
like imagine the guy that shows up to this and he, everyone who's done an interview sees this guy once in a while who's like reeking reeking yeah. of desperateness <laughs> <laughs> and even though you're a great artist just uh, in this time like anyone else right in that type of situation was not their best it's not at their yeah. best mentally physically or whatever mm-hmm. and you're gonna blow your chances even more so whatever thing that you need to do you know cutting bills eating less uh or uh taking on another job you just gotta make sure you still have some type of appeal that mm-hmm. they want you otherwise you're you're shooting yourself in the foot again yeah if they pick up on desperation you're from a position of weakness anyway yeah. right so even if they do want to take advantage of that and give you a job they're not going to give you the job that you were that you could have gotten yeah you're going to get the job that we can give you knowing that you're not going to turn it down yeah so like they might have been hiring for a seventy thousand dollar level but they they see that you're great right is what you want to be but instead you're desperate they're like oh wait hold on a second we probably get this guy for you know 60 yeah. 55 or something like oh, that yeah. you know like that's it is not uncommon for that type of thing to happen yeah, like that happens when you're fully employed right they're always yeah. going to try to get the best price and you're haggling with yeah. them and this is the whole salary negotiation stuff mm-hmm. so even when you're unemployed or as in you just got laid off like you got to act as if you're still in demand like hey i mm-hmm. got you i just did two interviews last week i'm doing another one next week mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a hot commodity. It's just that the company didn't get the shit together. And so I'm part of that uh, fallout. But yeah. it's not like I'm here and you're the only guy I'm looking at. Right? Well, don't come in there with your feet up, right? <laughs> but <laughs> you got to have that. You got to have that attitude as in, you know, I'm not going to beg you for a job. Like I know mm-hmm. what I'm worth. I know my experience. I know what I can bring to the table. Right. And I'm not asking for this guy. This is this is my number. You gotta you gotta act. You gotta portray that uh, because the moment you slip, they're gonna take advantage of you. And so, mm-hmm. like, if you're at a certain pay rate, and so you're used to a certain style, I'm not saying you gotta stick to the same lifestyle as you before. If you can cut back on anything, that'd be great. You're saving money for yourself. But if you're paying, if you get paid less than your rent. <laughs> based on the area you're living in, you know, that's not a good choice to, to take a lower salary cut just because you need it. Uh, you got to make sure you're not complaining about it three months from now, right? That doesn't look good either. So just don't be that guy. Yeah. It's almost like, even though they're asking you the questions, you kind of want them to feel like you're interviewing them also. Yeah. Like it's not just, I need this job, so what can I do? But it's more like, well, how well am I going to fit in this area? Tell me about the things that your company does for extracurricular. If you guys have bowling teams, you have this and that. I'm like, oh, okay. How's the school district? School districts are good? Okay, cool. Just yeah. wondering. Yeah, yeah. Apartments, crime, everything's low? Yeah. Okay. You know, like, make it look like you have questions that you want answered as well, that you're not just there to answer their questions and try to fit in. Yeah. You know? And it feel mutually beneficial, even if it isn't, you know, yeah. even if it's you just need the job. Yeah. I mean, the one advantage of this is like in every interview, they're going to ask you, like, why did you leave your next job or mm-hmm. your last job? Right. So in this case, it's easy. Uh, you got laid off. 
But in, mo- in a lot of cases, right, you got to come up with a reason, right? You don't want to sound like I left because I got bored or I left yeah. because the project wasn't going well. These are terrible things to say yeah. about your previous employer. Uh, so even if they laid you off and you have this this angst against them, like, you know, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to badmouth them either. You don't want but, you don't want to put yourself in in a light where you're like you're, you're kind of just being salty, right? That's not a good look. Right? What you could say is, yeah, I got laid off. Uh, you know, they went through restructuring, and I was just part of that. That's it. You can move on to the next thing. So be prepared. Don't be ashamed of it, right? Don't lie. You didn't get fired or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you got laid off, and everybody can understand and sympathize that. Yeah. Uh, and you're, so this is even more important to say, they're going to ask you in the very beginning, right? And most professionals know this, the recruiter is going to vet you out, you know, cover the basics, what you're looking for, but they're going to also ask you, it's like, are you talking to any other company? Right. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a no, and I don't know how you feel about this, Larry, it's a yes. <laughs> like, I just feel like you have to. Otherwise, they are going to position yourself in a file of like, these are the guys who really need the job right now. That's not very attractive either. You know, like you said, you got to walk in like you own, own your job, know your worth uh, to some respect. Right. I'm not saying that if you have family to feed, you do what you need to do uh, to get through that. But you don't want to undercut yourself to where you know, three months from now, you're really yeah. suffering even with a job. Yeah. That would be a terrible thing. Yep. Yeah. So always try to set yourself up to be coming from a position of power, even if it's a position of assumed or presumed power. Right. And I don't mean power as in dominance. I just mean not being a position of weakness. Right. So if you can maintain that you're a value employee, that you do good work, but that, you know, there were circumstantial reasons or even if you just say like, yeah, like I needed to go a different way if you decided to quit or if, you know, things aren't working out. If there's a reason that you say like, oh, well, it was, you know, time for them to move in a different direction than where they thought that my skill set was going to take them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like you're a bad person. That sounds like the things that you're not in the direction the the team needs to go. Like, yeah, I've been designing MMO boss fights and they want to do a first person shooter. Mm -hmm. To make me invaluable, it just means that I need to find the team that can take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Understand ahead of time which answers, and this isn't lying, it's just understanding which answers to specific questions like that actually still show that there is worth and value to you versus somebody is vetting you out and saying, Oh no, he's just a bad game developer. That's why we put him in the layoff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you just, you don't want to be that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just trust in yourself, trust in the process, even though this, this sucks. If it's happening, if it's happened before you guys know what I'm talking about, it's just part of the learning process. Like I know yeah. for damn sure that I'm going to be, I'm prepared, dude, if anything happens. Like I, I told you guys before, long time listeners on this podcast, there's a reason why that I teach on the side. Uh like ever since that has happened, I realized holy crap, man. If one cash flow is done, I'm completely in this three month and four month tornado, not knowing what my next paycheck will be. So ever since then, even though it's it's you know it's rewarding to teach but it is extra time away from 
family, right? But I, I just created this habit and uh, made a dual career, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that I can always go back and forth. So it is one of those things like, hey, maybe you don't want to teach, but maybe you should pick up, you know, if you're a lighting guy, you want to do some visual effects. Or if you're a prop guy, maybe you get into character a bit. I mean, making yourself versatile, look at what you just did. You just opened up like double the amount of of job openings if you're actually pretty good right these are the type of things you can do while you're at a company like hey you guys have extra characters i can do you know i can take it off the plate it's much easier when you're inside doing this thing these things because it's beneficial to your skill set right at the same time you you have a professional portfolio yeah. uh, and we talked about this many times to students don't have dual portfolios right do one thing really well oh my god no yeah yeah but as a professional, it's a different story. You're in the company, you're sitting next to the character department, visual effects department, design department, and you, you're showing interest, you're showing uh, initiative, right? This mm-hmm. is the actual qualities that when you're employed, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's like versatility, it's cool. Like he's doing mm-hmm. extra stuff because he finished his task, but it's like future-proofing whatever you can for situations like this. He's so valuable. This guy does environment and, and, and concept art. Right, dude, <laughs> there's there's no copy of him. We need to keep him around, right? It helps yeah. you, you know, get past the layoff list. You know, the, a, a good company uh, sees that and knows that, uh, dude, this this two in one type of deal. We can't lay this guy off. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's how it works, right? They usually look at the guy with the highest salary or whatever, right? Making budget cuts, or like they're looking at the guy who's very niche uh and uh easily replaceable and not to devalue anyone it's just simply they're just looking at the sheet and like hey we have plenty of environment guys but this environment character guy you know he could help us in multiple ways right yeah it's just future proofing yourself my future proofing is like i like teaching uh so i teach on the side so that's kind of my thing uh but other people it's just multiple disciplines uh injecting yourself in the company so that you know, you, you have more power. Uh, so these are things to think about, even if you get laid off to put in and build into your workflow, right? When you do get your next job, like these are the things you need to be conscious of as well as, uh, you know, if you are getting laid off, right? You know, just, just remember this this feeling like don't ignore this don't rush into the process like process the process <laughs> like it's important for you to feel this way and i i really do f- believe that anyone that has been successful has been in the dumps or at the lowest point of their life you have to go through that pain a layoff is perfect for that type of uh, low point because it is at your Totally caught by surprise. Cash flows kind of stop, not knowing what your future is. Right? You're going through existential crisis in a way. Uh, you need to be that. You need to be biting that potato <laughs> <laughs> to be able to like. This is never going to happen again. All right? Yeah. Yeah. You need to eat those pack of ramens, top ramens, <laughs> <laughs> uncooked. <laughs> oh man. Oh. So. 
I'm going to, I think, end my half of this segment and just say there's a that everyone should be doing to prevent the pain of layoff. It starts with doing excellent work at the place that currently employs you, if you are currently employed, right? Like you want to be valuable so that you don't end up in the layoff. That's not a guarantee, but it's at least a buffer. I mean, your self-respect should always make you want to do your best work anyway, but let's just say do excellent work at work because it makes it easier for you to stay. It makes it easier for you to recommend. It makes it easier for you to find the next thing. Now, because layoffs can, at this point in the game industry's life cycle, be considered an inevitability, because it just kind of feels like it is, uh, the next thing you want is you need to make the layoff not hurt by setting yourself up so that when you are laid off, you have things to fall on, right? You have good relationships with other, you know, you have cut, expenses and like myself like i probably won't ever buy a super nice fancy car ever again unless i like really got it like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all like hondas for me for now <laughs> i learned <laughs> but no uh being serious you know like making sure that you can go down to the bare bones minimum and still survive without losing money every week is essential you need extra revenue streams if that's getting laid off but then teaching classes if that's making you know content for an outsource house or just being like remote agent for xyz company while you try to find something permanent like you need to have your day one strategies in place and also let your pride go because i'd rather be alive period and then back on my feet and proud and just seeing my life go down and down and down because i'm i don't want people to know that i'm on government assistance or you know that i am looking for handouts in such a way so uh, brandon i'll let you close it out (laughs) you guys just hang in there don't give up like uh this is really a blessing in disguise i know it sucks i know it will suck when you go through it but when you get past it, it's it's something that everyone I feel should go through to really know how vulnerable you are and how mm-hmm. prepared you should be. So I'll I'll end it on that note. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, like we wish you guys Definitely. the best. I want you guys to go through the industry without experiencing this, but uh, when it does happen, you know it's not so bad. It isn't so bad. Just stay, keep your chin up. Like it's it's a good thing. Well, um, looking at the clock, if the time is right. My name's Larry Charles. Good night. This is Brandon Fam. Thank you for joining us this week. See you later. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.